welcome to CFCP's On Air. this special edition of On Air with poets Chilla Toldi and Viviana Florentina. This session was recorded from the question and answers series that we had after session three with Monica, Chilla and Viviana. Chilla and Viviana, actually to both of you, you were talking so beautifully about home from different perspectives, but also about this being in between. And that uh, that reminds me of a very strong sentence I had once from a an artist, Polish woman, Roma Ligotska, a visual artist, sculptor from Jewish origins, when she was opening her exhibition in Stuttgart long, long time ago. She said, migrant is somebody who lost everything but not the accent. <laughs> what would you relate to it? So what do you want to comment on this? Shall I? Yeah. Go ahead. So for me actually for me writing in English was really liberating uh, because English is supposedly the lingua franca, so everybody's language. And uh, but uh, of course, uh, I have a strong accent, Hungarian accent. And uh, whenever I open my mouth, I am asked where I'm from. So yes, immediately you are kind of you are the other. <laughs> Does it help? Does it? Is that is that something you know? I'm very self-conscious about my English and my accent, and but I, um, whenever that I was last time in Berlin, that was definitely for long, longer than one year ago. There was an exhibition about Hannah Arendt, and when she moved from Germany to America, she started writing in English. Very deep philosophical stuff and I was so relieved to see how many actually grammar mistakes she made and how crap her English was for a very, very long time. But I, this this question I, I I brought up was kind of on an even deeper level. Yes, of course you you can be very quickly um, quickly recognized when you open your mouth. But is it is it a burden or is it something something actually to maybe to be proud of or to to utilize so if it's an additional source is it the loss or is it win or is it in between as you said um uh, Shimusini said that um, for him uh, the Irish language is is like the, the language of the soul and the English is the language of the intellect, or actually what he said that his, in his poetry, Irish is the vowel and English is the consonant. So I think we, we, bring, we bring something through our mother tongue to the poetry, what we write in English, or that's my feeling. I don't know other people can tell me, of course, what they think about it, but uh, I think the melody, at least... Uh, some of the melody of the Hungarian comes over into my English poetry. 
Viviana, and how is it for you? So um, I'd like to to answer to the question at different levels because um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that accent is something that belongs to my body. That means for me something very similar to the fingerprint because uh, it is uh, um, imprints of my grandmother and uh, my parents as well because I think uh, the accent I have is the Italian accent plus other accent coming from all the languages I was exposed during my life. So I like the idea that uh, I'm kind of powerless over my accent. I cannot control it. So it's like a part of my body. So if I have this color of, of air, I cannot do anything that's the color of my hair so it is like a way to love yourself at some point to be aware of your accent and um, on the other side I recognize because uh, I moved in different countries and I changed my language along with my traveling um, I recognize I'm uh, summing up experiences in my accent as well. So it is strange if I speak German, I have a certain accent. <laughs> and uh, if I speak English, I have another accent. Um, but I really like the idea. I have no such control on this because uh, even as a writer, I have much control on the language when I write. Um but for the accent, haven't controlled. So I love this uh, kind of uh, uh, losing the control. And yes, I think it's part of uh, living. Absolutely. Very beautiful. Thank you so, so much. That's a beautiful story. And the proper fingerprints. And again, you two completely different uh, takes on it, like in your poem and in Chilas. It's it's uh, reminded me uh, of a sculptor, of a sculptor in, if I remember rightly, it is in Krakow, but it is a massive fingerprint of Tesław Miłosz, the Polish Nobel Prize laureate. But it is like few meters by few meters. It looks very abstract. It is in in white metal, and you have all this 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 movement in it, and then you know it it looks it looks absolutely absolutely amazing visually. But then when you realize what it actually it is, it is a finger, a print of a giant, literary giant, which I really liked and wanted to then kind of share it with you. If, Anybody, any questions? Should I continue? <laughs> Please go ahead, guys. I don't want to, to take the floor completely. And does anybody have any questions? If not, then I have another one. And this is, again, something probably you, every migrant writer knows very well. Why is it so difficult? if not impossible, to translate your own work into your mother tongue or to translate your own work. I found it myself, and you mentioned this, Tila. What happened there? 
Um, well, even while we were doing this, this um, we were preparing. I was still rewriting and editing and changing lines. Um, so I, I think it's uh, until something is published, it's it's nearly um, for me. It's a very long process uh, to write a poem. I mean, some some poems I just come and they they stay like that and they are perfect as they are. But but for me it it was a very long process and I I found the Hungarian very difficult. Some of the poems very difficult to to translate into Hungarian. <laughs> yeah, no, I I fully understand it because I when I used to write my poetry was in German and some prose in Polish and. There is no absolutely way I would even attempt to translate my poetry into Polish. It wouldn't work. I don't know why. It's the wrong language then. <laughs> or is it really that this 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 feeling or the, the situation you describe is because you've chosen the form of this particular language, it has to be somebody else who has more distance to it and it, it maybe it's not as perfect in understanding, although they understand, they have to understand it very close, but maybe not, don't have this emotional connection with this. What do you think? Why is such a challenge? The, the emotional con connection is there, but um, I mean, even the form changes completely because the word, in English, the words are very short. And then in Hungarian, you have to write a whole line much long, twice as long. So the form of the poem would change as well, from especially from between Hungarian and English. Uh, I don't know how it is in, in Italian. Is it similar? Um, I think, um, I think uh, um, I think yes, it is very difficult to translate. I translate poetry uh, from English to Italian and uh, it is always a kind of a journey really mm -hmm. to translate poetry. Um, on the other side, um, when I arrived here in uh, Northern Ireland, I had the um, uh, was lucky enough to meet Maria McManus. Uh, she's a Northern Irish poet, and um, we uh, started a project that was uh, um, translating from one language to the other one without knowing the other language. So it was really a kind of journey into the unknown, because uh, while I knew uh, Italian and English, she cannot speak Italian. She uh, doesn't understand Italian. She understands Latin, uh, French, but not Italian. Uh, so uh, the idea behind this project was uh, to share a common vision. So we uh, had the dialogue and uh, we uh, created something new together, kind of a vision. And then we expressed this vision in our languages. Um, I think it's something similar uh, Sheila and I tried to do as well, although Sheila can understand Italian. So this is another uh, um, uh, further th uh, thing. Uh, but uh, what I uh, find really um, uh, exciting of uh, writing in different languages, like when I write in Italian and in English, even if it's the same poem, it's never the same poem in the two languages, 
but it's the same vision. And I love this because uh, it is like a dance around a center in the two languages. And this is something that always happens, even if you write in your own language, you are dancing around an idea, a vision, an image. So um, my in my uh, point of view, um, uh, language, it is uh, something uh, that we use to go around uh, what we experience, uh, what we feel, uh, what comes, the images that comes to our mind. And um, there was another thing that, oh, yes, um, when I met uh, first time at Chile, it was in the Hillsborough Festival, it was a thing four years ago, or three years ago, maybe. And we talked about a Hungarian um, uh, writer, Agota Christoph. And uh, uh, we were talking this afternoon as well about this writer. Maybe Sheila want to add something. And Agota Christoph uh, left uh, Hungary, escaped actually from Hungary. And um, she moved to France and uh, she never... Um, uh, wrote a word, a single word in Hungarian. She didn't know French, but then she learned French during nights because during the day she was uh, working in a factory and she uh, started writing uh, um, uh, in French and uh, uh, she, 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 she called herself uh, an alphabet and she was a Nobel Prize. So... Mm -hmm. I think uh, arts uh, has for us this gift to uh, be creative and and uh, open our, a space of freedom. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. There was a question in the chat from Fiona. Fiona, do you want to read it or do I read it? Uh, unmute yourself. Sorry, I'm, I'm cooking and I'm, I'm listening very, very... No worries, um, we, that, we know it all. That's, you, that's the yes. First, I wanted yes. to say amazing readings. Thank you, Silla, and, and thank you, Viviana. Amazing. And what you were just saying, Viviana, is really interesting. And in fact, I'm going to send you... Um, I was reading an article recently um, on, on just that subject. Um, you know, the, the way in which um, the Jewish community who escaped from Galicia and went to America and the way in which so many people rejected Yiddish and never wanted to speak it again and other people tried to hold on to it and that whole psycholinguistics. Um, the question I had in chat is something completely different. So um, I'm going to look at it now so I can remember because my mind is... Uh, I, can, I can read it for you. I can, I can see it straight away if you want. Yeah, I just, you, you were talking, well, I, I found it, Monica, yeah, no, I've just remembered. It, I was really interested in what you were saying about accents, and I suppose the way in which it's relevant to what you're just saying now, and, and the way in which I think it's enriching um, is this. Uh, first of all, I find when I'm in a country where I'm speaking the language with an accent which is not native to that country, um, I'm suddenly not placeable within the context of that country. So you come here with a, an accent, which to me, it's, it's an Italian accent or a Polish accent or some other accent. And I'm not able to place, oh, she's from Belfast. Oh, she's from Cork. Oh, she's from Galway. Oh, she probably went to Trinity or, oh, she probably studied this or studied there. So I, I wondered first if, if you find that freeing. 
um, that ability to be able to escape when you come to Ireland. Yes, you're tied to being other, but in one in one way, but in another way, there's a freedom to not be tied down to a specific local identity. And I wonder, I know there's a disadvantage to being an outsider, but I wonder, is, is that something which you have found um, helpful in your work as, a, as, a, an, as an observer and, a, and, and therefore as, as a poet? Um, and will I throw you my second question now, Monica, or will I leave it later? Maybe, maybe later because that was quite interesting and and, and if I have too many questions yeah just tell me to shush <laughs> thank no you so no much. don't worry thank you thank you um, so being the outsider is is a state of being and it doesn't matter whether you are you have an accent or not you can be an outsider even if you if you have an English accent uh, and for me it, I, I think I was always an outsider even in Hungary uh, and I was always looking, observing what was happening around me and uh, and thought about things. So so I think um, it doesn't make, uh, it, it doesn't add to my being an outsider that I have an accent. <laughs> but uh, what is liberating for me that so many people have accents because the, when I came over to Northern Ireland from England, uh, just suddenly I didn't understand the word what people were saying even though I had a command of English because people spoke a completely different uh, dialect uh, and very fast in, in, in Belfast and then if you I can now recognize accents uh, different accents of the country like I, of course Dublin and Irish and Kerry they are different from Belfast <laughs> So I, I like that nuance, but I'm, I'm more and more at home in the language. Uh, but uh, for me, so the, being the outsider is, 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 is natural. <laughs> and Viviana, how is yes. it for you? Yeah, so um, just, just a second. Just let her answer and we come back to you. Yes, okay. so... Uh, I agree with Sheila, but uh, I also have um, uh, something uh, to say, to add, uh, which is uh, uh, talking from Belfast. Um, I think uh, here there are many uh, accents, different accents in the old Northern Ireland. On the other side, I think in the last uh, 15, 10 years, 20, 15, 10 years, the um, Northern Irish community changed so much because of uh, uh, people coming from other countries and make Northern Ireland their home. I think the uh, big challenge and change and gift of this situation is that the uh, people who arrive here, migrants, uh, can really be kind of rich for the communities that are here and are uh, separated or are distant or with different accent, so to say. <laughs> so I think um, I recognize, as you said, Fiona, that uh, sometimes I am kind of neutral for some people with respect to others. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is really interesting, the feeling that maybe I'm an outsider, but on the other side, I'm a bridge. 
I'm a person who is felt as neutral, so I can be a translator. <laughs> a true translator. Yes, or the medium between. Yeah. yeah. Um, Beautiful. Well, well, yeah, we, we were just saying about the, uh, the, you know, being exotic species. I mean, I, you know, I felt as an actor, for example, in the past, looking for an agent, and there was like, you know, an agent would take one actor from Poland and that's it. They're then sorted for the whole of Eastern Europe. They don't take any more Eastern European actors, for example. It was in that kind of way. For a long time, women, like we weren't even considered actors. We were considered like, you know, women from Eastern Europe. And then we were all the same. So it, I could play Polish characters because nobody knew the difference, which was great in some way, you know, Polish or Bulgarian. Uh, I can't remember what else, you know. So it was kind of, you know, uh, it's just we're all the same. So I think in the last five or 10 years, I'm not sure how long, they've realized that these are all different countries. Romanian is not the same as Croatian and Polish is not the same as, you know, Bulgarian or or whatever, you know. So so that's kind of moved. But in terms of personalities, I think there's a certain you know way of people still thinking that we are all the same and and we we are we are we are you know in certain way like oh we are nice because we are from there and and or we have a certain or you're you know like it's almost kind of it's very hard to develop as a person even after a long period of time living in the country when you're kind of constantly beating against those stereotypes. But it's the same for the Irish going to America and being leprechauns, you know, maybe yeah, from point, you know, so, uh, you know, a jolly paddy in, in, in England or, or in, uh, in America years ago. So I think we are moving forward. And this is great now in Ireland that people have learned a lot, I think, in the last uh, couple of years when, when we are having a more voice. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are probably all guilty of this. You know, if you don't know a culture, if you don't know the differences, if you don't know the countries, it's so easy. And our brain is perfect on this just to, to connect it to something it knows and put, put people and, and cultures in one pot. That's definitely something that needs to be watched. And, and, and yes, it is um, what you said about exotifying people. It's another, um, for me, it is a very serious topic because that is related to the whole idea of niche artists or culturally diverse artists that is so, so dear for me and so important. And in this context, I always really try to examine when we are running shows like New Voices of Ireland or any other, is it okay? Is it fair? And this is an open question, actually, to, of course, to, to Chilla and Viviane, but to everybody. Is it right thing to do to talk about migrant artists? Uh, is it a specific enough group? Because now it's clear we are talking about LGBTQ artists, we are talking about black artists, we are talking about uh, artists with disabilities. And I've started talking about migrant artists, especially, you know, in the, the, since the, the whole migration uh, in 2000 started. But because also Poland yeah. has been, just a second, uh, has this long tradition of of migrants and many of them were artists and like uh, 
you mentioned uh, you mentioned the the Hungarian uh, writer Nobel Prize laureate who had to start from scratch. So I do understand the story of the migrant artist. But do you think is that okay? Is that really? support if because this exotification we if we we cannot contribute ourselves to it can i say something sure. yeah go ahead yeah i don't think it's uh, exotization the way we are doing it uh maybe it could be a risk depends how you sure you present um, the, the, the thing, but uh, this way I don't think is exotization. I think uh, as artists, we have uh, a huge responsibility. Sometimes in uh, certain moments of the life can be a burden, even a burden. Um, and this responsibility is to give a voice to all the outsiders, because as Aidan and Chila uh, said, um, we are outsiders by definition, because we are poets, we are artists, but we are not simply outsiders. We are we are outsider with a voice or with a possibility of having a voice. So. Um, uh, creating this kind of project for LGBT migrants and things that, and so and so and so is, uh, I think, um, important for let the people having a voice. So, uh, because as a matter of fact, we have a canon in literature. We have canon in different branches of uh, arts. Uh, we have an establishment in uh, terms of society. So we have the so-called mainstream, but we have lots of different voices. We have uh, a huge diversity and this diversity needs a voice. So every single project that allow a microphone <laughs> to talk <laughs> and pass uh, what is our experience, I think is simply great. Can I just add to that before I forget? Sorry to, but sure, you know, go ahead. I had the show. Yeah, I had the show right uh, a couple of years ago, which was a successful show. And I was told that unless a show is brought from Edinburgh from a big Irish artist, my show won't be shown because as if Irish audiences wouldn't like to see my show because my show is aimed for migrants. Do you know what I mean? So it's that kind of different types of arts have different type of audience. But percep the perception was that no one would see it because it's not an Irish play. So that's the thing that has started changing now in, in well, changing, you know, it, it's hard even in England to break that. And in Ireland, it's completely new to have like Irish people are struggling for audiences. But when exactly. are you going to get Irish audiences to see your mainstream audiences to see your show? I think this is really for every emerging artist. It is it is uh, a very difficult to uh, topic and process yeah. in your own country abroad, and of course, if you are new to a country, till somebody recommends you. Because luckily, like with with the center, we noticed people started coming to us because they trust us. They might not know the artist, they might not know the name, but they know 
more or less what what the center does and that's why why they they follow so yes this is always a tough thing for all artists i think mm. there are two more questions uh, carol in a second because there was one question ahead of you from antonio antonio do you want to go ahead <laughs> Yeah. Hiya, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, both of you. That was really lovely, really lovely work. And um, um, I'm interested to know um, how you chose your visuals to accompany your poetry. And second to that, do you feel that it, um, it, it adds? To, to the words and to the language and to what you're trying to convey, or sometimes could it uh, take away from it? Maybe, maybe you should tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I think for me, there was, there was a bit of both. Uh, there was quite a lot there to, to remember and take in. But at times I felt... Um, just hearing the readings and the two of you just reading without any uh, footage or without any um, other visual information was more effective and more, more powerful than seeing the visuals. And then um, the one with, um, I'm trying to recall, the, the one with the, with the trees, whose was that one with the tree looking up into the sky? You yeah, that's it? mine, yeah. Yeah. So that was very, that was very powerful. I thought. That's why I'm asking. How do you, how did you get to the stage where um, you decided on the different visuals? Well, the, the, in the first case, in the video poem, we worked. Uh, first of all, we worked completely remotely, and uh, what happened was that we chose the poems, the two poems which are together. And then uh, I asked Viviana to send me footage from her own environment to illustrate her poem. And I did the same. I asked, actually, I didn't go to Belfast, but I didn't have any footage from the Peace Wall, which is the beginning of the poem. So, I And the idea behind that was that the original idea was that we it's like an ink blot so the 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 two languages the hungarian and the italian would be overlapping mm -hmm. at the same time and i suppose if you are a hungarian speaker you will hear the hungarian and if you are an italian you will hear the italian and if you don't understand either of them then you just get the melody of it of course as, as yeah music as the music background and then so that's how that came about and the others uh well viviana do you want to say something about the others um uh, one more thing about this first part of the question uh, i think uh, um when we uh, met uh, some of the first times when we started the project we recognized first of all that um in our po in our poems, uh, as well as many other poems, I think it's a property probably of the poetry. There are lots of images naturally. I mean, uh, we take inspirations sometimes from images, 
Mm-hmm. So, and I think uh, one uh, key um, aspect of uh, our uh, poetic dialogue was uh, a reflection about home and belonging. And uh, I think Chile and I really resonate in this because uh, uh, the home uh, is not simply a physical space, it's a living space where there are many organisms living there like is in nature and that's the idea of the filming from my side mm-hmm. uh, nature around my my house my home mm-hmm. and um so and i think uh, this is also something that is a really uh, uh, present in uh, Chilo's poems, um, where you have uh, uh, these uh, uh, home where we all live without borders, which is the planet. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the question and the, and the honesty as well. Yeah. Big Carol, sir, I only can see what do you name on this yeah, whole it's, square. It's would you? Bernadette. Thank you. Oh, sorry, but, sorry. No, it's not a problem. It's, I don't know why it comes up that way. It's my email or something. No, just as somebody, I'm not an artist. I'm not a poet. I'm not a creative person. I'm totally different. Um, and I'm really enjoying these sessions because to me, it's like getting a little view or look into other people's lives and you call yourselves immigrant or that. Of course, I, I don't like labels that or anything. It's just a, a very interesting group. And I have to watch and listen to it afterwards because a few times to kind of really pick up the atmospheres of it. But when you were talking about the different languages, I know it comes up a lot in Irish. And, my study in, of languages isn't good, but they would say, like the language is like what develops uh, um, among us as the people, as you experience the world and as you communicate to each other about your experiences in the world. So like Irish and old Irish and that has words that you can't find in English. So often there's a problem for translating. A poem has a totally different meaning if you use words in English to try, because they often don't have them, like we have (laughs) 20-something different words for rain or for something like that, because it was such a big part of the developing language communication and what people had to cope with. And I think when you say, sorry, when you say the poem, somebody said that it's like two different poems, like two sides, the same poem or what's intended are two different pictures of the same thing when they come from, say, a Hungarian experience and um, an immigrant in Ireland experience, you know, and they have to be because the words mean different things. You can never get the exact same word in Irish and in English to mean exactly the same and bring the same picture in anybody else's head. So I just think, I just thought it was interesting about trying to translate. And I could pick up some of the Italian words. I have no Italian, but just you just from you hear them and you pick up something because they sound so much like I had one year of Latin way back and and English you just pick up from just generally but I'm really enjoying the different it's like a little eye into different cultures you know but I think it's a pity when we label like black or immigrant or that you know and I'm really only starting to get time now to read and to listen and to mm-hmm. all the things like this so thank you I'm really enjoying it 
Thank you very much. Maybe no creativity or art or anything you mean, but that's... Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you for have, for joining us. That's really beautiful. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's good. Viviana, I have a question. It's probably... Um, I was thinking of you, but um, but I'm sure Tila will will be able to add to it. Uh, you are activist as well, so you bring uh, through your activism bring together politics and art, mm-hmm. and you are extending both. But is there one of them more dominant, or how do they interact? for you with each other or do they fight do they do they strengthen each other how do you how do you connect it well i think uh, um i in my art uh, everything little thing i do uh, for me is political so uh, for example those poems that uh, i um, created with Sheila for me are political. I think every little uh, choice we do in our daily life is political. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means it's also um, a form of activism because we are uh, choosing something instead of something else. So we are taking a position. Um, for me, uh, activism means also to put my face on what I uh, choose, not simply saying, yes, I think this, and then I cover my face. No, I put my whole person um, um, together with my ideas. So um, uh, one of the um, activist uh, projects that I'm uh, uh, doing together with Sheila is uh, Letters with Wings. And this idea came um, in last uh, April. So it was just the start of the pandemic. And there was a Poetry Day Island, and um, we decided to uh, connect with the artists that were in prison all over the world. And this idea came um, uh, from the um, um, necessity, urgency to uh, uh, find a, a positive aspects of the pandemic of being in lockdown. So we were at that time, first experience of lockdown, we were in our houses uh, locked. (laughs) So it was like a kind of prison. So we thought that's a a great opportunity to emotionally connect with the artists who are in prison all over the world for defending human rights, for defending freedom of expression. So we invited the public to send us poetic letters. And these poetic letters were for the uh, prisoners. So it was the idea was to, to, to create a bridge between us and the artists who uh, were or are actually in, uh, in prison. And I think... Um, um, as, as I also um, many times, uh, uh, Sheila and I talked about this uh, um, activism and poetry. Uh, my experience and Sheila's experience uh, um, have the same matter that is uh, determination, love, hope. So, in, in poetry, you cannot write a single word if you don't believe what you are writing, if you don't have hope. The same if you are doing uh, any activist project, you have to be determined, passion, hope. Otherwise, you cannot live. Mm-hmm. 
That's very interesting. It, is this same in politics or is politics not really something you connect with? Okay, you said everything is political, but it is it is a different language, though, I think. Well, I think uh, um, it depends what we uh, mean when we say uh, politics. So if you uh, mean uh, be uh uh, represent representants in a, in a party. This is something different from my point of view. I wouldn't uh, 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 choose to 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 belong to a party. It's not my it's not my my kind of life. Mm-hmm. But political, I mean, uh, being a citizen and defend your uh, human rights and defend your rights as a citizen. So to build a community of people that want to respect each other and live in peace. Perfect. Exactly. Thank you so much. Chila, do, would you like to add something or comment or expand on this? Um, yeah, for me, it, it was very important that, that there is this emotional connection and we are asking the public to to respond to the, the stories of these artists who are in prison. Uh, many of them are in Turkey, many, many in, in, in the Arabic countries. Um, and, and for me, it was this that, that we are kind of sending positive mes- messages even even if they don't get the letters but uh, people are focusing on them and and they are uh, getting this this positive energy from from us through us through this activism so for me that was was important and of course human rights i mean i i came i escaped from hungary when it was a socialist country and the reason why I came was because I didn't find that my human rights were respected. Of course, after when I uh, when I landed in a in a refugee camp in Germany, then I was doubting the human rights of uh, the Western uh, free societies as well. So there was a big letdown. Uh, but uh, as I as I have developed and as I as I aged. To say, uh, I can see that uh, in, in in both sides, uh, and, and there are some some really basic rules that should be respected, and people should 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 be allowed to do. So I I'm, I'm really for uh, I'm making a stand with 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 my art on that uh, in that respect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't Thank matter you. whether we are talking about Jewish people or we are talking about the Holocaust or we are, we are talking about these prisoners or we are talking about China. So I think uh, just making a stand with my art is important. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Very interesting. Very interesting. The whole topic of of of. Yeah, of the voice and the and being political through the choices and through the the position we take and but not making politics at the same time because they are completely different different things. That that's beautiful and definitely a topic I would like to to bring in maybe as a focus for one of the sessions later on, maybe through our meeting point. That that's definitely something we need to we need to take on again that that's important 
Thank you very much to our two special guests, Chilla Toldi and Viviana Florentina. If you'd like to find out more about CFCPs on air, please email onair at cfcp.ie.